pretty cold for tonight. Are the mics hot? Jordan hasn't said. I don't know. Are they hot? And we are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Thursday, January 4th. I am Josh Engelman. I'm joined by Adam Share. We're brought to you by Better. And uh, we only have a two-game slate today, which is really unappealing. But it's not as unappealing as the 14-game slate that we get tomorrow. Really excited for that one. I hope you can tell that I am being sarcastic. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live and follow us both on Twitter. Adam, yesterday sucked. Yesterday did suck. It was like, I look at slates like that. I'm just like, I don't know how outside of like a random lineup coming together. It's like, I don't know the path that I would have taken to win because some of what I thought were the best plays were so bad. And it, it just, you know, guys that I was comfortable building around didn't do well. Now, it didn't matter for me because I spent so much time making my losing eight hundred eighty eight dollar lineup that I was about five seconds late up the, uh, uploading my CSV for my normal lineup. So uh, it didn't matter at all for me. I had someone tweet at me yesterday that I he assumes I'm smashing because uh, Anthony Edwards crushed and Kyrie Irving crushed and other things. And I was like, no, because I ended up not getting those guys because I had 100 percent Halliburton and Donovan Mitchell to start the night. Yeah. OG Ananobi, 50 percent owned in the eight eighty eight. He had 28 fantasy points. And honestly, 28 is a gift because uh, he wasn't near 28 at the half. Jalen Johnson had his big day. Mitchell, very underwhelming. Two of those three guys that I just named were in 50% of lineups and uh, probably more than 50% of mine. Yeah, no, I will say I I was, I'm frustrated I didn't get my 150 max lineups in because at least on, I don't know, I didn't even look to see what I would have played. That would probably have just pissed me off more but like on the show I was getting a good amount of Mitchell but I was lower than the field I was getting a good amount of Jalen Johnson but lower than the field so like there is a chance that I was actually going to have some really good lineups and I'm glad that I never got to find that out yeah it's Jared Allen obviously smashed we got an 8x day out of Alec Burks that game went to OT and scored 300 total points yeah Um, I didn't have a ton of that I know on the deeper dive I had like 30% Burks you should have tried playing those lineups. Yeah, so I actually, I was <laughs> running like, at this point, I had like a minute left and I'm running my stuff and like hoping it gets in. And I, in my head, I'm like, why didn't you just enter your deeper dive lineups and then late swap? But at that point, couldn't do anything. Best value of the night was Boyan Bogdanovich. Jordan Clarkson follows it up with another 49 and a half point performance. And then Sam Merrill, your third best value play. Obviously, only 13% owned though in the 888. So, uh, much more reasonable at that point. Yeah. I I ended up, like, as you know, I ended up with him in that lineup. I'm curious where I would have ended up in large field uh, just with ownership coming down. Hartenstein, 8X, George Niang, 8X, Tristan Thompson close to 8X, Obi Toppin went nuts at no ownership. Bull Bull hit another 7X. Yeah. Niang was an interesting one. None of those guys. I don't think we didn't talk about Niang specifically other than just sort of mentioning he was in lineups here and there, but like at least in the eight, 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 I don't know what he was in the 15 Niang was 2%. Merrill was like 13. Like they yeah. were the same thing basically. Yeah. It's just awful. Just truly awful. Dame took more Did... shots. I I know I tweeted this out because my, my contrarian play in the eight, eight, eight was Dame at 4%. Uh, more field goal attempts than everybody on his team took 18 of them. He finally got to 39 DraftKings points, but that even that was a struggle. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. 
Are you ready to talk a little bit about today's illustrious two gamer? Yeah, why not? First game up, first team up, the Milwaukee Bucks, nine and a half point favorites in San Antonio, 249 total. And the biggest piece of news that we have here is that we don't know how to project the Bucks right now. I don't expect Chris Middleton to play. I have him in. He was questionable yesterday with two separate problems. This is a back-to-back. They actually haven't had a lot of back-to-backs. He played one earlier in the season, but that was when he was only playing like 16 minutes a night. So I'm not as surprised. The only other one that he had, um, he actually did sit. Feels like you should sit him here. You kind of need him to sit because Giannis is 12K power forward center. And there is not a legitimate piece of value anywhere to be found. I don't know how you roster Giannis and Jokic. Before anybody asks, no, you can't play them together. (laughs) You'll figure it out pretty quickly when you start trying to build that kind of stuff. But as I look at Milwaukee, so much of this depends on the status of Chris Middleton. But like, if there's no Middleton, then we can get, you know, a boatload of Marshawn Beauchamp or Andre Jackson or, I don't know, Cam Payne. Those are the 3K guys that are coming from Milwaukee. How do you find yourself getting to someone like Giannis at 12K on a day like today? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's very difficult, especially if Middleton plays. If Middleton's out, and I kind of assume he will be, um, you have the, you know, you potentially get the Beauchamp and Connaughton on a two-game or maybe some campaign or Andre Jackson. But uh, if he's in, it's very difficult. And obviously he looks good in this spot, but um, the teams playing today do have solid mid-range players. So that's something else that, yeah. if you're lacking for value, might pull you away from Giannis a little bit. Yeah, but to get like the 6K range is stacked with all dudes. You're just like, yeah, that's fine. That'll work. That'll work. And all of a sudden you're just funneling yourself to a balanced build. Because when you get a lineup that has Giannis or Jokic, you're immediately having to grab at least one of these 3K guys on a two-game slate. And those 3K guys don't look good. None of them are going to be projecting all that well unless we lose Middleton. Ooh, the Braves extended sale. Is that real? I don't know. Two years, eight thirty. Two years, thirty-eight million club option in twenty twenty-six. Come on, healthy. <laughs> Not confident. Not confident in the health of Chris Sale. So, let's for a second assume that Chris Middleton is playing. Is he the best play for Milwaukee just because of his price and his position? I mean, he's still pretty expensive. But probably, I, I think you can make a case kind of for Lopez just because he's 6,200. Sure. Yeah, because for San Antonio, we don't really have a center. It's Wemby. Uh, for Denver, you're running into Jokic. And then for Golden State, I mean, your real option, Trace Jackson Davis or Looney, who got a little bit more playing time, or Saric. Like, there's not a lot of options. So, yeah, I, I see where you're going there with Lopez. That that makes some sense to me. Like, Dame for 9,300. That seems really difficult to do. Yeah, I like, I could see him being a useful piece just because he is less expensive than... Giannis and does give you that ceiling, but yeah. I don't even know how easy it'll be to get to him. And you also then have Steph as like a direct Dame Willard pivot, slightly cheaper. 
if that helps you at all. Now, Dame will certainly look a lot better if we do lose Chris Middleton. That's like the biggest dynamic that we have here. It changes the his status changes the entire slate, and we have no idea what's happening for Middleton. It's the best. Yeah, yeah. We've got ownership up. Yeah, that's what I was trying to look. So I'm gonna pull that up right now. Let's see. So we went with the assumption that Middleton is not playing. Yeah, that's pretty much what I've seen everybody in the industry do. Yeah. Which really sucks for me. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what I did because I don't take people out when I don't know they're out. But it makes sense. But like I, I went back and tried to see if there was any word that he wasn't going to be playing. I did not find that. But as I look at it right now, assuming Middleton is out, we're projecting 53% ownership to Lopez and about 30 to Lillard, Giannis, Beasley, and Beauchamp. Uh, if Middleton is out, I have no idea how Beauchamp isn't more than 30% owned on this slate. Yeah, seems like, I mean, on the one hand, it's Beauchamp, but there's just such little value right now that at 3,500 shooting guard, small forward, he's going to look really good. Now, Connaughton's only getting 6% at 4,300. I would think that there are ways you can turn some Beauchamp into Connaughton potentially. Also should expect Connaughton to be getting some sort of additional, like 6% on of Connaughton on, at 4,300 might be the best, my favorite GPP play of the day. Well, he's not even my favorite GPP play on the team because campaign is 3% owned at 3,800. Yeah. And like Payne probably won't play many minutes alongside Lillard, especially if, well, like Middleton's in, he's just not. If Middleton's right. out, you probably still won't get that many. But 12 minutes of campaign beats 24 minutes of Beauchamp a relatively high percentage of the time. Yeah. It's just gross. And like, I mean, we're seeing more, I mean, they're, honestly, 9% ownership coming into a point guard small forward Andre Jackson might actually be the guy that we really like. Yeah, that too, because he could he could just take Beauchamp minutes. Right. All of those things are necessary to... Uh, no idea. Can't check the injury that also matters right just from a like, risk standpoint. Yeah. We won't know until 1.30. Well, I meant more is he even on the team. Like, Oh, I, uh, as far as I know. Yeah. Let me look. Let me just see if he's like played recently. He played on the 27th. Okay, so he's still there. So, Probably by all accounts, he should be there. Yeah, I just I, I see like I just feels it feels so hard to get to like it's wild to me to see Giannis being a third of lineups and be twelve k on this slate. That feels so difficult to get to. Not that I don't want to, but right away you have to make this fifty fifty decision on Giannis or Jokic. What scores would they have to put up combined for you to need them both? Do you think? To need them both? Yeah. Pro like 80 plus? Yeah. I was thinking like 150. Oh, you mean combined? Yeah. 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 So 80, call it 80 for each 160. Yeah. That seems about right. Because, I mean, that is like a path, but you are going to have nothing in your lineups when you do that. That is just a C of 3K, guys. Let me just see what it looks like. If I take the projections that I had earlier today, no randomness or anything, just crunch out like 10 lineups of 
Jokic locked, Giannis locked. Now this doesn't, for me, it has Middleton in, so that's a little bit less appealing. Moses Moody, Chetty Osman, Julian Strother are three of the names that are in here. Now you could swap out two of those for the 3K guys that would show up for Milwaukee, but it's not going to be an appealing construction, that's for sure. All right, if Middleton is out, who is the best play on the Milwaukee Bucks? I probably Lopez. I'm running my stuff now. Now that we have data, but um, okay. My I just don't want to take Middleton out. I don't know why I don't want to take Middleton out. Just the principle of the matter. Wait, you said best play with Middleton out or Middleton in? Out. Oh, out. It's probably Beauchamp. Okay. And the prop, like the real problem for all of this is how good of a matchup this is for Milwaukee. Like, it doesn't even matter Middleton status. They're going to be like eight-point favorites in San Antonio either way. Everybody's on the table, though, for Milwaukee, right? Like, no matter who you project in today, they are rosterable. Yeah. Um, Unless Middleton is in. Yeah, I mean, it's a two-game slate, and especially if Middleton's out, like, any, any of the guys that... I mean, not that you're going to feel comfortable with somebody like Beauchamp, but like you're assuming he gets the bulk of or he soaks up enough minutes where he just projects as a good value. So that's the reason that he would be rosterable. And then anybody that could steal minutes from him becomes rosterable just from a game theory angle in large field tournaments. All right, folks, hit that like button. Schedule for the rest of the day. We got a lot going on. NFL strategy show coming up next. That'll be at 11 a.m. You'll get the NHL strategy show at 2 p.m. Greg will be back for the Owner's Box live show at 4.30. No deeper dive tonight. Uh, with only two games, there's not going to be a deeper dive. You will get NBA live before lock, though, tonight at 6.30 p.m. That should be uh, what you guys are looking for, though. But lots of live shows. That's four more live shows throughout the rest of today. Don't want to miss it. Make sure you're using our avatar. Go to stochastic.com slash avatar. Lock up that logo on DraftKings, FanDuel, Owner's Box, or Yahoo. Get a free month of Stochastic, whatever you want. If you finish in the top three of a contest with 5,000 or more entries, all you got to do is tweet it at Stochastic HOF. The San Antonio side is pretty interesting for today because we've got a Q tag on Dominic Barlow, who looks like he's the backup center at 3,700. Interesting. Interesting. And then doubtful tag on Malachi Branham. Are we going to get real minutes for Trey Jones today, or are they going to screw us in some different way and play Blake Wesley and uh, Dejara and Devontae Graham? Probably the latter, but I think you have to project the former. Uh, yeah. Trey Jones started the second half in Branham's place last game. He played 25 minutes total for the game. He played about 15 minutes in the second half. I think expecting something like 28 minutes from him if he's starting is kind of where you need to be at. Clearly, he could yeah. play more. Clearly, it's the Spurs. He could play less. But uh, we're at 27 minutes. I think that's the the correct range. And it's just going to make him look good at $5,100. Now, you did have Blake Wesley off the bench. Uh, he played after Branham got hurt in the first quarter. Uh, Blake Wesley closed the first half, played the final about seven minutes. He played significant minutes in the second half as well, played about – uh, 13, 14 minutes in the second half. Like he played basically as many second half minutes as Trey Jones did. So there is the potential for that to obviously go sideways, but they also played a little bit alongside each other. So, you know, that's nice to see as well. Right now we have Wesley at 20 minutes. 
4K. Probably the right projection could be a little bit low, but um, Wesley, I think, still certainly looks playable, but Jones looks like one of the best plays on the slate. Yeah, I agree. I, I got to a lot of Trey Jones prior to this. How do you want to handle the center rotation if Dominic Barlow is in? We we can't go to Mamu here, can we? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, they have reason to want to play Barlow. He's impressed people in the G League from what I've read from Spurs beat writers and stuff. And if he's up, why not? Um, so we, we saw him get the bulk of the backup center minutes last game. I think that's how it should be projected this game as long as he's active. It will be very interesting if he is ruled out at like seven o'clock and then you can make a quick pivot to, well, it's not going to be an easy pivot because Barlow is 3,700 and Mamu is 3,800, but that will be the move to make. That'll be the Wendell Carter Jr. to Goga move for today, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and right now we have it projected the opposite way. We have 17 minutes to Mamu, four to Barlow. I think that's opposite, backwards. Yeah, that can, but I mean, based on the last game, Mamu played two minutes and never saw the floor again, and Dominic Barlow played everything else. There's no and way. They, and again, like the incentives for Barlow are there if he's up. Yeah. Yeah, so as long as he's available, at least in the last game, they showed us that it's Barlow and not Mamu. So I'm sure. Yeah, and and I still think... So, like, I had kind of been projecting Mamu as the main guy and then Barlow to get some minutes. I think you just do the yeah. opposite now. You don't just say Mamu's out of the rotation, Barlow's no. playing every backup center minute. But I think that you give him the bulk. Agreed. <laughs> Speaking of random centers starting in places that you don't expect, I do love that I said that Tillman was going to start yesterday. <laughs> you said he was going to close. Oh, did I? Yeah. Well, fair enough. Close enough. Either way, didn't expect... Uh, Starting and no minutes to Bismack Biombo yesterday, but that yeah, did I definitely didn't expect no minutes. I don't know what they're doing. Like some of these, some of these decisions. Like I'd love to know what the actual reasoning is. Not that I care, but it would just help for my like peace of mind. Yeah. How does that happen? Oh, this guy's been our starting center for the last month and a half. By the way, and we're gonna jerk him around a little bit. Then we're gonna play him a lot, and then we're just gonna take him out completely. Yeah, J- Jenkins was pissed off with how he let you down in that tournament the night before. Exactly. I I couldn't agree more. Thanks, Taylor. Uh, This Spurs team, though, now that we've talked about like the pieces that are have some ambiguity, look amazing. I love the idea of getting to an $8,300 Wemby today, power forward center, given this two game slate and the flexibility that we don't really have. He's only 26% owned. Give me way more than that. But give me a lot of Keldon Johnson, a lot of Jeremy Sohan, a lot of Devin Vassell, because at least this matchup is good from a pace and like, you know, Milwaukee defense perspective. Yeah, it is. Um, finally getting stuff finished up right now, uh, sort of. Um, but in I need to adjust things a little bit. But right now, just looking at, of course, I have 88% Mamu. Um, that will go away because I'm not going to project him to play more than four minutes. Um, so that can be ignored. Other than him, Keldon Johnson showing up like 63% for me right now. Trey Jones showing up 45%. Vassell showing up 43%. Like getting to any of those guys is going to look good. That does put me slightly below the field on Jones, but not too far. Um, Sohan, Champagny, Wesley all showing up 28 to 32%. Wemby showing up 20 and then getting smaller amounts of Chetty and McDermott. I love the Wemby. Today feels like a great day to get a lot of Wemby. Just you don't have a ton of alternatives. That $8,300 price tag on a two-gamer actually works a little bit better than it does when you know you need him to run down guys that can play their full freight. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I guess he, the one take the one takeaway from this, like I said, I'm getting Mamu, but wouldn't happen assuming Barlow's in. If Barlow's out, I'm playing a lot of Mamu. Yeah, and whatever Mamu you have right now, like you could just say is Barlow. Like, yeah, I don't know if I get 88 Barlow, but I think I probably get a good amount of Barlow. It's probably pretty close. What will really get me a lot of Barlow is if the industry actually stays with like not giving him the minutes and keeps his projection down or his ownership down. The weird, the worst part of this game is going to be the Chetty, Doug McDermott, Devontae Graham, I guess, like potential minutes. Those are the guys where it's just like, oh, they're going to get like real ownership. It'll be Devontae Graham because every time the Spurs have been shorthanded like this this year, I end up initially giving him like 12, 14 minutes and then walking it back. And I end up being right because they just don't give him the minutes. So at this point, I'm going to just learn out of the gate, give him a handful of minutes, and he's going to be like the first guy off the bench. That seems like the most likely scenario. I agree. But like, you know, we're projecting Chetty for 10% ownership. We're projecting Doug McDermott for six. Those are big enough numbers that if they're the value plays, like, then they're the value plays. It's not, okay, well, I can dodge that because they're unowned. That's right. not dodgeable. Yeah, and I'm pretty much in line on those guys. I have 11% Chetty. I have 3% McDermott. Pretty much in line with their ownership, more or less in line with their optimal percentages. Uh, Blake Wesley is the value piece, well, other than Mamu. Blake Wesley is the value piece here that I am getting quite a bit more than the field. We only have him projected for 8% ownership. We have him with a 17% chance of being optimal. So that is something that generally you're going to see those numbers kind of condense throughout the day. But uh, getting to 29% Wesley, so around 3.5x the field. So we've got all this like ambiguity going on in Milwaukee. And then we've got all this weird ambiguity for San Antonio as well. The second game, Denver and Golden State, is the exact opposite. Like we know, we sort of know exactly, we certainly know exactly what Denver is generally doing. Golden State is pretty well settled into what they're doing, at least from a full rotation standpoint. Two very, very different games. Hit that like button if you haven't done it yet. Shout out to Better for being the sponsor of this show. If you're looking to get up to $500 on your first deposit, you can sign up using the link in the description or the one that pops up in chat. They will match whatever your deposit amount is up to 500 bucks. Absolute no-brainer to me in order of like for taking advantage of that offer. You want to build up a bankroll as much as you can. The more money that you have to use as your bankroll, the better off you're going to be. If you use that sign-up link, you'll get up to 500 bucks. You could also 100x your entry if you get eight picks correct, that could be NBA, NFL, NHL, baseball when it's around, and more. Now, you got to be 21 or over, but if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, you got to call 1-800-GAMBLER. Denver Nuggets, three-point favorites in Golden State, 235 total. This is a team where we know exactly what we're getting. Uh, the ownership is coming into Gordon, Murray, KCP, Porter, and Jokic. No surprises there. Jokic, 11-6. That is very difficult to get to on a day like today. The value plays for Denver don't really exist in the same way that they do for some of these other teams. 4,200 for Christian Brown, 4,900 for Watson, 4,600 for Reggie Jackson. Maybe you want to go to 3,800 on Zeke Naji and hope that he does play again. Could be DeAndre Jordan. Who the hell knows? It's Julian Strother at 3,400. That's the only value play that's like, okay, at least that guy's still in the 3Ks. But I think you just kind of got to pick a starter or something, and that's your Denver representative. Yeah, uh, my Denver exposures look like 
mostly like this is a real sized slate. The guys that I'm getting to are Murray, Gordon, Porter, Jokic. Those are the four double digit guys. Um, 54% of Murray really stands out. That's not surprising just based on the relative lack of value on the slate. You're getting an 8K guy that has a high ceiling, 26% ownership to him. We have him 34% to be optimal. Um, I'm getting way more than that at 54%. Aaron Gordon showing up 47% for me at only 5,800. He's getting 37% ownership. Uh, Then there's a drop-off for me where I'm getting 19% MPJ, which is right around the field. I'm getting 15% Jokic, which is slightly below the field. Um, KCP, 5% is my fifth highest stone guy. That is about one-third of the field. And then I have a very small amount of Christian Brown, very small amount of Reggie Jackson, and nothing else. Ooh, I got a little bit of Reggie Jackson there. No Strother. I do not have Strother right now. We have him projected for eight drafting points. That'll do it. Because he's the guy that I look at like, all right, well, you know, if I'm going to be dumpster diving, I'll take the $3,400, dude. Yeah, and I mean, he played seven minutes in the first half last game, didn't play in the second half until garbage time. I have no confidence in his minutes. I think the eight fantasy point projection is reasonable. Um, To your point, if he plays, if you're guaranteed he played 15 or 16 minutes, like he he replicates that first half rotation, you're playing a good amount of him. So that's where the appeal comes from. But I'm not getting to him at the moment. It's just really like... It's hard to look at Den. It's hard to look at Milwaukee and San Antonio, and then look at Denver and think you're looking at the same thing for today. It's just, especially if Middleton's out. Like we were talking about, wildly different teams. Yeah. Um. And Zeke Naji is basically just Dominic Barlow, right? In terms of role, yeah. Price, everything. I mean, it would, Zeke Naji is Dominic Barlow slash Mamu, whoever that ends up being. Well, he's 800 more than Mamu. No. Yes. They're the exact same price. Mamu's not 3K flat? Oh, no, I read that one. Yeah, never mind. So, yes, I, I agree with your question. Uh, you didn't apparently know all of the information, but yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, when I looked, for whatever reason, I thought Mamu was 3K. I'm guessing we projected DeAndre Jordan in? Uh, No. No ownership to Zeke Naji makes him the best play out of those three guys then. Yeah. Yeah, we went 11 minutes to Naji, one minute to Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, whether it's Naji, Barlow, Mamu, grab the guy with the lowest ownership probably. Yeah. Depending we, on... We went 11 and a half minutes to Strother. I think that's like the correct projection. I'm guessing yeah. the reason I didn't get there is just that he's getting 4% ownership, but it probably also is that I have so much Mamu right now because of the disparity between how we're projecting him and how we're projecting him to be rostered. If like we have, we have Mamu with a 39% chance of being optimal at 15% owned. So um, yeah, I would be jamming Mamu over Strother if that is how he's projected, but that's not going to be the case. So um, I do think that this is a spot where I probably just get more Strother as we get closer to the line. And if uh, Middleton, if Middleton's in Strother starts looking even better. Yeah, that's like that's the real crazy part. And if Middleton is out, then all of these Denver dudes also look a little bit better. Oh, well, I mean, I guess they look like what this ownership is now, but um like to want to play Denver and Golden State, you want Middleton out. Otherwise, you're playing the way shittier pieces of Denver and Golden State. Hard. This is very hard. Do you think about rules on a day like today? Not really. Okay. I mean, the ones I would set on a slate because like normally the rules I'm setting are like 
don't play guys that aren't going to share the floor. But on a two-game slate, I don't care about that because you have limited value. You have plenty of ways that it can pay off. I mean, I don't know what ended up winning the large field tournaments yesterday, but I know there were Jared Allen plus Tristan Thompson lineups at the top, which I would not have played on that slate. But there are obviously ways it pans out. Uh, But on a slate like this, the rules I'd be setting would be like max one of Mamu and Barlow. But you don't need to set that rule because you're just not going to get them both in lineups. SGA, Merrill, Burks, triple or uh, Jalen Johnson, Jared Allen, Clarkson, Boyan, Walker, Kessler. That guy get that lineup from like the future. Holy shit. I didn't hear any names I really disliked. No, but like I wasn't ever really looking at a lot of lineups. Like, all right, I got Burks, Boyan, Clarkson, Walker, Kessler, game stack, and they're gonna put up 300 points tonight. Sure. Yeah, but in terms of in terms of lineups that win that tournament, normally it's like a where the hell did this come from? That one at least like had real players in every lineup spot. Yeah, like Walker Kessler was nine and a half percent owned. That's the low man. I, I don't see like there's not a problem play in that lineup at all. By the way, uh, did you notice Jalen Johnson only played 29 minutes yesterday because of foul trouble? I didn't, but he certainly didn't need more. Yeah, at one point. Uh, he had, I think, 32 DraftKings points in like 18 minutes. Sam Merrill ended up 11% owned. Yeah, solid play if you know that's the ownership. Yep, yes it is. Like yes, not is. not a great play, just they like, yeah, this is what it is. I'll play 11% too. Yeah, I would, he would have looked way different for me. <laughs> Let's close this out with Golden State. So for the Warriors, uh, no Gary Payton, who is hurt again. Uh, Stop me if you've heard this one before. Highest owned dude is very clearly to me the best play from the Warriors today. That's $5,300 Jonathan Kaminga. He's projected for 50% ownership. I do think he stands out the most for Golden State. I have shares of literally everybody except for Moses Moody, and I do think that I should probably have some shares of Moses Moody. But after Kaminga, I don't think that anybody immediately jumps off the page. Yeah, I have 10 guys for Golden State right now in at least one lineup. Uh, Kaminga's the high mark for me. I have 33%. Field's at 50. We have him with a 28% chance of being optimal. So um, with that information, not too surprised that I'm below the field. But he did play 34 minutes last game. I think the playing time basically ranges anywhere from like 24 to 34. I'll probably end up projecting around 28 or somewhere in there. That's what I went to. Um, Yeah, so he's going to look pretty good at that salary. We have him at 26 minutes. So I'll probably end up being a little bit higher, but uh, same ballpark. Chris Paul showing up 21%. Fields getting 30, uh, 6,400. So his salary did increase. You're expecting, you know, 30 to 32 minutes from him. Played 32 and a half in his uh, start two games ago. Played 30 last game. I expect him to just kind of live in that range. Not a great point per minute guy, but still gets, still good enough, especially on this slate where he looks like a pretty solid option. Um, Thompson's picking up the third most ownership, 22% shooting guard, small forward, 5,900. I'm getting to 7% Thompson. I really just don't have that right now, which is a little surprising to me given the positional eligibility and the fact that we have him with a 20% chance of being optimal. I figured we would have him going way over owned if I'm not getting to him, but uh, I'm not. My third highest owned guy here is Steph, who's getting 14% ownership, 22% chance of being optimal. I have 19% of him, so I'm a little bit over the field there, which I like. I got 31, and that's with Middleton in. (laughs) Yeah. Are you getting Jackson um, Davis? Because I'm not, and I don't like it. One share. Okay. Well, I have six percent, so I have more than you. Fifty-seven hundred minutes are tricky. I went twenty-six. Yeah. 
Yeah, we went 27 and I still only got 6%. Yeah, it's a, it's not a not an outstanding like I have more loony. I have more Sarich too. I have that, less those are the minutes that are interesting. Like what what do you want to do there with Looney who got back out on the floor and closed? This feels like a loony spot against Jokic, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean I still think you're probably going like 14 to 16 somewhere in there. I went 15. Yeah, we went 15. I think that's good. Um I'm not I'm just not getting to Golden State in general in the field is. It's this is a bizarre slate. Like I am sub 10% right now on all of Thompson, Jackson Davis, Wiggins, Sharich, Looney, Pajemski, and Moody. The field is double digits on everybody I just named, except Pajemski is 9%. Yeah. Yeah, I'm way under on Paul. I'm under on Sarich. I'm way under on Looney, Thompson, Trace Jackson Davis. I'm seeing it the same way you are under on uh Wiggins. I'm right with the field on Pajemski. The only guy that I'm really getting, a, I'm getting a lot of Kaminga, but I don't think that one's avoidable. But I think that that chalk is like very real chalk. And then right I now the only on player Steph. on this team that I'm over, even the, the only player that I'm over the field on is Steph right now. Hmm. Um, like I said, I do think I will get a little bit more Kaminga because I'll probably go a minute or two higher than we have him right now. But yeah. even like, you know, I have him in a third of my lineups, which is just less than the field. Like, so yeah, Curry's the only guy I'm over the field on right now. Everything just, Right now depends on that status for Milwaukee. And like when I say, you know, maybe they sit Middleton, we need to be very aware that they can sit more than just Middleton today. Like this seems like a perfect opportunity for Giannis to just take a beat. Yeah, except Giannis versus Wemby in San Antonio. Like to to your theory about, you know, guys like LeBron preferring not to rest on the road. Yeah. You're pissing off a lot. You're you're making a lot of non-Giannis fans if you just decide that you're not showing up to the Giannis versus Wemby game that they all bought tickets to. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're honest, you're like that's fine. I don't need fans in San Antonio. Yeah, when sure. am I gonna When am I gonna be back here? <laughs> Big Alamo guy. Yeah, churros. Probably do- probably doesn't even know what it is. Churros. Uh, Giannis seems happy in life. I don't think he needs the women of San Antonio right now. Churros are delicious though. They are, that is a delicious food. It's on national TV. Well, yeah, at least we'll probably know early enough if he's not yeah. playing. Yeah. One of my first thoughts when I woke up and looked at the schedule was how is this a Thursday night game? Yeah. Two games today, 14 tomorrow. Yeah. Glad so I'm, gross. Glad I'm, glad I'm off tomorrow. That made me, I mean, made me very happy. Normally, I'm so happy when you're off, but like this yeah. is one that is less appealing for me. Buckle up tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to start the deeper dive at noon. Uh, myself <laughs> and Laffy are breaking down a 14-game slate. I'm not confident that Laffy has any idea what's going on in basketball right now, so I'm going to run that show clean off the oh, road. Oh, I, con- I am very confident about what Laffy knows about basketball right now. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna ruin his afternoon. <laughs> no, actually, I think he has been playing a little bit. He's He's, like, been DMing me DFS questions sometimes about NBA. Okay. It's definitely not as much as football, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was actually looking. There, what actually made me think about that with him in NBA was I was looking at the uh, picks that people made last night on Odd Chopper, and Lofty had like six up there, and I think they were all NFL. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. He's yeah. he's been doing a lot of that. John P, you are right. It is the deepest dive tomorrow. 
he's gonna have it, keeping me on the track is gonna be very difficult. I, when I, was I, like, the last time you guys did a show together? We did one earlier when you were off. Okay. He filled in for like one of the shows. Oh, like start started the basketball season when I wasn't back yet. Something like that, or were you gone for like a weekend or something like a month ago? Something like that. Is I had a mind? funeral in October at the very beginning of the season. How's that? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And I was, just, I, I told Laffy he didn't have a choice; he had to do the show. <laughs> so I think that's what it was. I'm back. Oh man, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot more fun than this slate tonight. That's for sure. This yeah, is well, it for you I mean, and I. I woke today. up like I woke up like I'm not gonna play the slate, and then now, of course, after talking about it, I'm just like, yeah, I'm obviously gonna play. I will not be playing. I, I've got plans tonight, and uh, you and I aren't on the deeper dive at all. So, yeah. I will have FOMO, that's for sure. But I'll be okay. Uh, you, it probably won't last long. I'm sure I'll be DMing you the that my highest on guys got hurt three minutes into the game again. No, I won't be playing. So you will be DMing me like positive things that piss me off even more True. for you. Yeah. Now I have to hear about your success on a day where I wasn't allowed to feel success. That sounds way worse to me. Oh man. Uh, Jake, I would if they gave us real contests tomorrow for both sides. Yes, I would rather them go two slates of like 100k, 50k, or 100k, 100k. But no. I don't, I don't want them to do that because they will ruin it. No, I want them to give us a 100k, 14 game slate, and a 50k, nine game slate, or five game slate, whatever. What's the account? Is it DFS Quant? Maybe. I think that might be the Twitter account. Made a made an interesting point yesterday. I think it was yesterday. It was in my for you tab, so it could have been at any point in time recently. But the one uh, interesting piece about DraftKings chopping off these slates and not including them in the main is that it does really like smooth out your variance a little bit by not having your night slate also have some sort of attachment to your main slate, where you can get into that and have no tie to it whatsoever, which does make a little bit of sense. Like, it's not really, that's only for like you and I to talk about really. It's not like a big industry thing, but it is an interesting piece to think about where you have this stand on late games and then you double down on your nightstand and all of a sudden it's just like, oh, this didn't go well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like there's just going to be nights where you're investing a lot of money into Steph Curry on the main slate and then also obviously on the night slate. So yeah, yeah, you're Um, like doubling your volume on a play. Yeah, there are also nights, though, where, like, you have a big Steph stand on the main slate and you're fading him on the night slate. Yeah, hard, but can happen. But I do like, I I hadn't thought about the fact that, like, you're naturally just smoothing out your line a little bit by playing a unique slate for the NBA. The part that, and another thing that I guess, I mean, it's it's nice, like, it's nice if you are not relying on content. There's just not content for these night slates. Yeah. Really. And so, like, I don't know how much that affects the field in 2024, but I'm sure it makes it a little bit softer. Um, the thing that sucks, you know, you and I were talking about it yesterday, like, normally, and I talked about it with people on Twitter before, but, like, normally, it's kind of a no-brainer to play the night slate because it's just a matter of, you. yeah, I need to go back to my computer at 9.30 and run lineups. But, like, yeah. last night, it's like, okay, if I'm going to play the night slate, I need to sit back down and start projecting minutes again. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I said to you. I was like, I, I registered and I was like, oh, shit, I have to project these games now. And then yeah. 15 minutes later, I unregistered. Yeah. And I had the time. I just uh, if like if one of my lineups were doing well last night, I probably would have played the night slate because I would have been in a better mood. But I was in such a pissy mood at that point. I was just like, I don't need this shit. I'd rather go. Be, I'd rather be asleep. I think I was the opposite. Like if I had had lineups doing well last night, I think I would have been happy to just if, if I got my lineups in normally last night, I don't think I would have played the night slate. 
but okay. because I felt like my 888 lineup already sucked and I knew I had messed up my main slate lineup. So I was like, I have nothing to sweat if I don't play the night slate. At least the Halliburton piece worked out for you. Like you were like that. That could have been a lot worse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you and I are done here. We're not going to be on a show again until Monday. Well, together. Yeah. I won't be on a show until Monday. Oh, yeah. You're off Saturday, too. So yeah. Whew, dodge that one. Well, folks, thank you for joining us for this one. Reminder, NBA Live Before Lock coming up tonight at 6.30. No deeper dive. But NFL Strategy Show coming up next at 11 a.m. Thank you to Better for being the sponsor. Thank you to Jordan for being the producer. We will talk to you later. 